Hello and welcome to Weekly Open. I'm Brian, here with all the normal folks you expect. Got uh, Josh, Don, Luke on the way. First, let me tell you about FTX. Go to weeklyopen.com slash FTX. You can trade there today. Swap directly from one asset to the other. Track your portfolio like you've known and loved since, I think, 2014. It's a great tool. You can earn yield on your tokens as well. 8% up to $10,000. 5% beyond $10,000 on all your stuff on FTX. Weeklyopen.com slash FTX. Thanks to FTX for being our partners on Weekly Open. Weeklyopen.com slash FTX. Gentlemen, Luke, you're on top. How you doing, bud? Doing well, man. It's good to be back. I mean, doing okay. If you don't look at the charts, I'm doing well, but, um, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, Josh, how are you? Mr. Not buying the dip yet. Legacy's angry, my friend. I'm angry to be awake this early as always, but I'm here. I'm with you guys and we're going to, we're going to get through this. It's September. September's trash. I saw CMS tweet out. He's going to be upset when the September seasonality traders win. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't, I'm not positioned for this, but whatever. September, man. Yeah. Uh, Don, how are you? Good, good. Been been some volatility, and I love volatility. So volatility is nice. I feel like we're uh, running it back a tad here. We uh, three of the four of us were on creds spaces this morning, um, but we're gonna we're gonna mix it up a little bit today versus what uh, everybody talked about on spaces. Um, and we appreciate people coming. If this is your first time to Weekly Open, thanks for being here. Guys, if y'all can uh, shoot out a tweet, I forgot. I'll do it in a second. Um, anyway, good to see y'all. Josh, why don't you give us a technical summary? What the heck is up with the market? You've got it on the S&P 500 volatility index at this moment, so you can start there, and uh, and we'll work our way out. Yeah, so last week, uh, Friday, I mean, we started dipping. We had been getting protected by the plunge protection team for the most part. Every time we've dropped like anywhere close to this much and uh, the Fed in a variety of different ways last week said that they sold, <laughs> they, they were the bottom and are potentially the top, but they said they sold all of their stuff. Apparently. Um, Wasn't that the personal like Fed governors that did that? Like their personal holdings. Okay. Sold what stuff? What yeah. they, they, Fed, some of the Fed governors held personal stocks that uh, the Fed was also buying. So they said the other day that they were selling their personal stocks and would reallocate to more passive indexes, uh, I believe is what that news was in regard to. I don't think that was like the Fed is selling their stocks in a tapering move, but I could be wrong. Gotcha. Well, maybe that signaled tapering-ish fears. I don't know. The market's been so juiced for so long. And it's declining significantly today. That's going to hurt crypto. I mean, it gapped down <laughs> below Friday's close. It's just, it's not good. VIX is way up. Um, Dixie's probably up, if I had to guess. It's up a little bit. All the things that we need to not happen for crypto to do well are happening. So <laughs> there's, there's that. And there's also, it's September. It's a rollover week for futures. We had quad witching on Friday. Um, which didn't really affect us too much, but or did usually, 
I mean, maybe the, maybe this is like the effects of quad witching. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it just isn't uh, doesn't look too happy today. Certainly doesn't look bullish. As long as we hold 43, 42, I mean, I'm not super concerned. Again, it's September. I mean, it, everything looked super good, super crazy coming into this. Can I throw but, the Carpe Noctum system back in your face and ask you why you're not bullish? You have I'm a candle bullish. that smacked the Keijin and is looking like it might recover all the way above the cloud. The cloud is green. Tinkin is above the Keijin. I realize price is not above all of it yet, but isn't that kind of a positive retest? Kind of? Bu- yeah, bullish for Q4, but this is a weekly show, Brian. I'm not bullish <laughs> in the moment. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Just, I'm just saying, that doesn't look like I mean, yeah, the worst thing. I mean, the president of wherever bought the dip, right? Shouldn't we be buying the dip? I don't know. I find it a little disturbing that I like know several individuals with more Bitcoin than the El Salvadorian government who gets a lot of press for holding Bitcoin. <laughs> and then ETH, ETH has done worse. Could you imagine if they weren't burning ETH where this would be? Like, But they are. I can't imagine. ETH is being burned, sir. There's less ETH on exchanges than there has been in years, and it hasn't seemed to matter. ETH is being burned. It hasn't really seemed to matter too much. Mm. Oh, no. All right. All right. All right. We got Mr. Bear out of the way. Uh, Luke, can you give me some hopium or what are we, what are we looking at here? Uh, I mean, uh, screen sharing. I hope it's not going to come in the form. Yeah. It's not going to come in the form of a chart, to be honest. Um, I I think the, the, the one piece of opium um, that we kind of talked about in the space, but I think is is also important to keep in mind. We're not going to know for a while, like the severity of the Evergrade situation, or what I should say is like how the market responds to it or how central banks respond to it. But the, the upside um, surprise here could be if, you know, the market, uh, if stocks and everything do kind of rebound in a week or two, like I, I don't, I just have no idea of like, this is going to be a tailwind that lasts another month. But I'm saying if, if legacy markets do rebound significantly for something that, that shouldn't affect crypto, and if legacy is kind of dragging us down right now, I think crypto would bounce back violently. Um, but it's not one of the scenarios that you have to like rush. I don't have too much hopium, man. It's not going to come, as I said, it's not going to come in the form of a chart. Gotcha. Uh, here's a chart of the S&P, and I will throw out a tad of hopium, which I also mentioned with cred, but the 50-day is something that we've not tested this year, but we did, like this section back here went to the 100-day, and also the 20-week. The 20-week is my favorite momentum-driven macro indicator in any market, Bitcoin or the S&P 500 or, I don't know, um, you know, NFT prices for all I care. Um, and this is... Uh, this is indicative to me that we could still have a bounce. Like I, you can imagine a world where a turnaround Tuesday turns this green and it ends up looking perfectly fine. Right. So I, I just, I'm not willing to like doom and gloom yet. Um, I realize there's stuff in China that's potentially problematic. I'm just not optimistic personally that um, it's just all down from here when there's still a lot of willingness to spend money, both by individuals and governments in America. And I don't think that tapering is going to get very far in the U.S., but that's my thoughts. Don, what do you think, buddy? 
Um, I mean, I can share my S and P stuff, but that's not that much there. And then go yeah. over the crypto yeah. side of yeah. things. Wherever you want to move is fine with me. Um, so yeah, I've been saying for the S and P, right? We all of these lows basically never got undercut, right? And uh, I've been saying for weeks now that the moment that starts changing, it could be like you gotta risk off on crypto. And I think we're at that point right now, right? We kind of undercut this um, last swing low here. And I think that's like, this could bounce, but I think in general, uh, there's a chance that it starts behaving differently because it's been up only and the up only has kind of been significant by just these lows never get, getting taken out, right? That's like the clearest sign that like there was strength in the market. You never get like a, sh a shakeout, anything of the sort, you just make higher lows all the way from basically March all the way up. And uh, that has changed now. So for me, the S&P, while I'm not like super bearish on it itself, I think like this is just a good kind of uh, reason to kind of doubt that we're going to continue the up only until we kind of take out the high again. Um, because I mean, if we start rolling over like we did in, in March, and I don't think it's going to be as bad as we did like roll over back then, I think that would carry over into crypto. So given that, I think it's time to at least be a little bit more careful on the on the risk side of things, just based on the fact that we basically broke market structure for the first time since the COVID crash. Um, and that's the most reliable kind of indicator for the strength in the market for the S&P, in my opinion, anyway. Um, so yeah, that's the S&P. And then with regards to crypto, I mean, I can throw some excellent FUD out there, which is <laughs> we've had this head and shoulders looking thing oh, um, no. that led to the top. And um, I mean, I've had everything besides like the marking, the, the head and shoulder markings on this chart for weeks now. And it's just played out the exact same way again, um, where we rose, like we traded above resistance immediately, smacked down rounded out into resistance again and now went back down. And I mean, the last time we were at this point, like we had two days of just sideways before it broke down completely. Um, so I could see that play out pretty much the exact same way again. Now, if we start coming back into 48K, I think there's almost no chance that we don't just completely melt upwards. Um, that would kind of, whenever you have like bearish news in the traditional markets um, that get engulfed, like basically what happens, you get bearish news in the traditional markets, crypto dumps alongside with it. And then the moment crypto kind of recovers that dump, like let's say it did something like this, right? Just for some reason, held support, bounced from it strongly, and then went all the way back to the origin of the, of the bearish move. I think at that point, people would just be completely caught off guard because I think right now, a lot of people are kind of um, risking off for good reason, this looks like complete trash now to me. Um, and I think if they're caught off guard by a move like that, they could catapult it easily into the mid fifties. It's just right now, I think the chances of it breaking down are higher. Um, so, I mean, I'm not going to jump into the market head first. Don't see good reason to, um, and I'm not going to buy any supports either. I'm just going to give it some time. Um, and see how it plays out. Because, I mean, I've been making the argument for complacency bounce, like a complacency shoulder for the last, I don't know, like back in this range already. Like how long has that been now? Like 120 days, four months. Um, and if this is the complacency shoulder, 
which I mean, still could be just technically could still be a complacency shoulder. I'd be stupid by getting bullish too early. Um, so I'm more than willing to just sit tight and see if like, if we start breaking 40 K, I think that's going to be really, really bad. Um, if we don't break it and show strength to the upside, I mean, moon it. Right. And I'm going to position that way. Like I'm more than happy to kind of miss 44 to 50. If I get to play 50 to 70 or 80 or 90 K. Um, so for me, like on the bullish side of things, I don't want to, I don't want to buy while we're trading down here. Um, and I don't want to buy 40 K. Um, I much rather buy low into strength. So that's kind of my plan. Um, if all goes to shit, I'm going to be positioning like in the mid twenties. And if, if it doesn't, I'm going to position into strength at 50. Y'all know what asset class or asset has been performing counter to everything else today. That's been pretty entertaining to me. Gold. Yeah, I guess that's, you nailed it. Gold. Freaking weird. This morning. Uh, the weekly chart is still just super consolidated and it's consolidated just a hair above its highs in 2012. And people have been crapping on gold, um, uh, ever since it failed its all-time high price expiration in August of 2020. So there's been a year of consolidation, but massive market underperformance. And then today, when throughout this, basically, if the market was down, gold went down too. And then the market was up, gold went down too. <laughs> and then today, of all days, the legacy market says, you know what? We kind of like gold right now. And I yeah. find this look to be really fascinating. And then uh, I'm curious how that plays into crypto narratives. Um, I don't, you know, Josh, you've studied the correlations on gold and Bitcoin for a long time. They're never very particularly informative, but uh, I'm super intrigued um, by that. At the same time, we're seeing uh, rates, which showed some strength in the overnight. Uh, going down as well a lot of uh, correlation between golden rates but yeah i mean what do y'all think about that the fact that gold is basically the only market getting bid i mean fix is up fixies up gold is up that's to me that's just perfect of course really lately the gold was still up like zoom out gold is a giant nothing Giant nothing burger. I don't know what's a bigger nothing burger, gold or this Evergrande nonsense that everybody's talking about. People look at it, it's billions of dollars, it's China, whatever. Like, I'm just, yeah, they I'm act, so over it, they act, honestly. It's a, it's a crack in the foundation of the ghost cities, I guess, and like whatever else type of stuff. I don't know. It feels too late for me to care, right? Like if when it's on everyone's tongue, like I feel like I'm just not at an advantage to do anything about that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's plus it's China, so it's just baseline is whatever. Uh, there's possible inverted head and shoulders on gold on low time frames, but I don't know. Like, still doesn't look tradable to me. It hasn't for a while. Yeah, and we don't have to spend a ton of time on legacy. I just uh, found it interesting as you you know peek about, and other than the VIX, the only thing that uh, shows strength is gold. And Josh, you and I have talked about this uh, at times, but um, gold has historically really enjoyed, um, bottoming when the VIX tops, and this would make a very interesting kind of like one or two day VIX pop and fade, but marks a local gold bottom, um, which to me would signal consolidation in markets, but, uh, a potential gold move, potential, um, 
more Bitcoin strength than people anticipate. You know what, Letcher, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. I usually don't have too much to, to add on legacy markets because I just don't, I don't think I have an edge there. So I don't think it adds uh, anything to, to my trading or my investing when I compare it to crypto. But I'm glad you brought up gold because it doing okay today, not dumping means we will see a Peter Schiff tweet. And everyone watching knows what that might mean. And look, I actually did find my first bullish catalyst for the day. If Peter Schiff notices this when he wakes up, I think he's based in on the West Coast. That'll be pretty soon. Expect that tweet in the next couple hours. That could be the first little you know, scalp opportunity or swing opportunity for Bitcoin. So like I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I like it. I'm here for that. I I want to say something about like the too late to the trade, uh, to like the Evergrande or whatever. Um, while I, like it's really hard for me to judge like how big of a deal it is. Like I think that fear is mostly overblown because I mean, if you remember back to COVID, like we were all talking about COVID before we actually got the COVID dump, right? Like COVID was all over like financial news, was all yeah. over crypto Twitter, and then it seriously hit and then everyone got fucked regardless. And everyone was like, this is way, I, I still remember back like, and I mean, I was shorting this. Um, I was still remember like back in like March, basically where we had this like tiny rally on Bitcoin before the massive drop where almost everyone said like, they're all like, this is already the COVID drop. This is way too, like way too late to get into that. And I mean, the second leg was much, much bigger. Now I'm not saying that's going to happen again, but I found myself every time I'm like, okay, I'm way too late to this narrative. I'm usually still, because I mean, our circle of kind of like information is just like pretty damn early to stuff. Um, there's usually at least one more leg to go, like of FUD stuff. Um, but I could be wrong on this. Front. A, it's just I, I think that's a really good point, Don, because people were, there were plenty of places where they were talking about it in January. And then what I found interesting is like when um, regulator or not regulators, when um, people in the legislature, Senate and Congress were selling stocks, they got they took so much crap for selling their stocks in February. And I was like, well, everybody knew about COVID in February, <laughs> but like the general populace didn't and panicked much later. So that's a really good point. Maybe maybe it's just like. Uh, ricocheting around in financial markets, but it's not hit the general populace yet that there's a bigger news story. If there is indeed a bigger news story and like those, that becomes a liquidity event much larger than, than what we're seeing today. I'm just not going to treat that like COVID type stuff does not happen all the time. Yeah. You know, and like, I feel like it's easy to do to say like, oh, well, we just had a 40% move because of COVID two years ago, this is going to be just like it. We're just seeing the beginning and yada, yada. I don't know. I just don't think that's like the thing that 10 times out of 10, you're going to have good odds, you know? Yeah, 100% agree. I just thought like I mentioned it because like that happens to me all the time. Like I hear about a coin and then I'm like, okay, I've seen this from like 15 people. I'm way too late to this. And then the coin goes up like 10x when everyone finds about it. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Um, because it's like something where we as people in a position of like, we just have all the time in the world to kind of watch the markets, kind of read about it. Um, we can kind of get information at least a week or two or three, sometimes even a month before everyone else does. And uh, which yeah, makes it I tend very to hard. It. it makes it very hard to hold those shorts, like you just said. Yeah. Um, because I, you're like, this should have done ages ago because I mean, the Evergrande stuff is not new, right? Like, 
now we get it like now it's a like it's appearing everyone crypto twitter but it's not like that happened i mean you can look at you can look at the chart right um it's not like this is a new development um it's basically been downwards only since like the middle of july and that's quite a while ago um and we're getting to it at two dollars while it was like a 10 back then and uh, probably gonna go much lower still i think yeah, I think that's a great point. I very, very specifically remember uh, when COVID stuff was going on because I was like, uh, typically since, like I said before, I've been looking for some kind of big top since 2018, but it doesn't mean I'm not long typically. You know, it's just I, I want to look for good buying opportunities. Um, and then every now and then I see a good opportunity for a short. So I was actually, I had puts on the queues. Uh, back then. And when it finally reacted, I was already to the point of like, well, I guess the market just doesn't care very much. So I closed them for like a, I don't know, a few multiples of my, of my initial, like my premium on those options. And then if I would just would have held it, it would have like hundred X, right. <laughs> Once the move actually came, but I'd so discounted it because I was like, how can the market be so inefficient on this news? Um, that sometimes I forget that. So I think that's the point very well made and you make me slightly more nervous. <laughs> by saying that. That's why that's my specialty. <laughs> yeah. Don, I'm, I'm not Don saying it's going to play out. out. Don freaks me out every Monday and then <laughs> Tuesday, I'm just like buying JPEGs and, and the going down the coin market cap list. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying it's going to play out the same way again. I'm just like, I, I like to be the voice of uh, caution always. Yeah. Um, so what's the case for just like straight chop, right? Just not nuking, not straight up from here, but just chop. Is that the most likely scenario in your mind? I think, I think the most likely scenario is that we're in a week we're below f either like 40 or above 50. Like I'd be very, very surprised if we just chop. Okay. So you don't think you, you think we're just going to do the opposite of that. Yeah. I actually, told Tread yesterday like we were talking about and that was like at 48 or something um we were talking about markets and i was like i'm pretty damn certain that like short time frame options are pretty much the best play that you can do right now because no matter how the evergrande thing plays out it's gonna end in volatility and um yeah i i i kind of just completely went stupid and just traded um perps instead what so. is what is the cat what is, why is ever the evergrand stuff such a catalyst or like treated as such a catalyst well the thing is like it's it's china right no one really understands what's what's going on in china so everyone's kind of like when when good news come off just remember back like right when we had like good news with regards to crypto come out um out of china uh, we got a massive green candle right and then whenever you have FUD coming out of China, usually you get a massive red candle. I think it's just because people don't, like even the bigger guys don't really know what to trust and don't really understand that market too well. Um, and then also it's almost always big news. It's just, you never know like in what direction, right? So it's like, for example, the, the crypto news, like, okay, um, China is getting into blockchain or whatever. Like that was pretty big as like in a, a, a catalyst to downside actually when they kind of denied like or didn't really follow up on it um and then the same thing like with COVID, you didn't really know like how bad it was 
until it kind of came to the West and then it just dumped. Like, I think like China is just like this information black hole where people just don't know how to trade it. So it's like, it always just kind of goes completely mental. Secondary, and secondarily to that, why are people connecting together to the Evergrande stuff? Because they're stupid. <laughs> I mean, <it's, laughs> like legitimately, like they're just trying to find a way to like, FUD tether. Um, it's something that they've done for years as kind of an excuse to be bearish on crypto while it's gone up. Like imagine you're in crypto and you kind of have like Bitcoin at 1K or 2K and it goes to three and you start selling because tether worries you and it goes to 20 and you start coping really, really hard about it. And then you kind of have to find a boogeyman if you can't just accept that you've done something and that you shouldn't have. And then it dumps back down and you're like, you feel vindicated and then it goes to 60K, right? And you sold it free and you've been fudding Tether ever since. Like you're gonna do, like you're gonna talk shit because you can't really cope with the losses. I think that's basically all, like most of the Tether fudders, um, like Jack, where they come from. Jack in the chat has is saying, apparently the Evergrande news has been circulating for a while and traders blew it off as, it's fine. The government will deal with it. And then last week, the government, uh, the Chinese government, put out a letter to all banks saying no international payments, so that or no interest payments rather. So that um, maybe was kind of what made people think that it was a bigger problem than pre previously considered. Well, the thing with Tether is it was legitimate fud because Tether came out and said hey, we have a lot of commercial paper and we will, everybody looked at the numbers. They're like, wow, you hold the most commercial paper of anybody in the world. Where do you get this commercial paper? And Jim Cramer talked about this, um, maybe July. And then people started connecting it to Evergrande, who issues commercial paper, uh, because nobody had heard of Tether through the US, legitimate channels, let's say. And we still don't know where Tether is getting its commercial paper, but they did come out and say, We've never held anything from Evergrande. We, we're not holding anything from Evergrande. Okay, but they so. could have done that weeks ago. They could have just come out weeks ago. Their PR has historically been absolute trashed here. But they could have nipped that in the bud um, and said that. $300 billion, though, for the Evergrande stuff. That's just not a lot of money in the scope of the world. That's that's what I thought. I, it's just kind of shocking that it's having already this kind of ripple effect. I mean, we, we all have been talking about like the world being over leveraged, right? And like everyone's just kind of like, I mean, if you look at China, for example, the Galveston's that you have there, like the entire like real estate sector is just completely crazy. Um, where it's like, okay, you don't want to have like something that could act as a pin, not saying that has to be it, but like we all know like how scary the, the housing situations over there um, with regards to like just being a crazy bubble um, and bubbles keep on growing in general, like most of the time, it's just like, whenever something like this comes up, people are afraid that that's going to be the pin. Like that's going to be the one thing that starts breaking it down. And I mean, at some point there's going to be a catalyst that does. So I think um, just based from what I've seen, based from like, how the culture works there and it's like a topic that i've looked into like a couple years ago like quite extensively um even culturally it's kind of like everyone has to have a house and then everyone it's, it's just it's insane and um prices are insane building quality is shit uh ghost towns are a thing like everyone's afraid about that stuff because almost everyone like has heard of it it's just a question of is are they just gonna kind of um 
maintain the pace, kind of rescue the, the housing sector again, and then run it up even crazier? Or is it going to be like a bigger problem? Because I mean, the entire world is so connected right now that every kind of like if China gets in trouble, everyone gets in trouble. It's the same that we've had with the US and back in, in 2008, right? Whereas like it wasn't necessarily um, started by by Europe or something, but I mean, Europe su suffered heavily under, under what happened. So, yeah. How's this affecting actual Chinese markets relative to American markets? I actually have no idea. <laughs> I don't know if they're open yet, right? No, yeah, I, so I think they're going to open soon, yeah. At least they're close soon. today. I don't know why though, but oh. I don't know. I'm just so <laughs> over China, honestly. I think Delta is a bigger deal than China. I think Joe Manchin coming out saying he doesn't want to... Uh, spending deal until 2022 is a bigger deal than china it's just I like, like it's Joe whatever it's the most powerful person in the country right now um the hang Seng index which is the uh hong kong index yeah that took a big shit yeah but it's like it's it's weird because it's sucked since 2007 you know yeah. so i just don't think there's a lot of alpha in that necessarily but i guess it could break down um anyway I don't know. We're, we're like way over our skis here. I just, I feel like if that's going to be if $300 billion real estate thing in China is going to be the catalyst, it's because the market wanted to go down anyway. That I agree with. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really pay to kind of just be all Duma. Um, I think it's just, you, I'm just going to stick to the technicals. Right. Um, even more so because like the traditional markets aren't my market. Um, I am definitely not an expert on those. If anything, like, I mean, I barely know anything. Um, so I'm, I just trade my lines on the chart. And yeah. I mean, I'm just saying it looks similar. It doesn't have to play out the same way, but I mean, I'm positioned for it anyway. Um, I do think then, if we scratch the tape back, right, and it's just, you know, rewind, go back to uh, July when we're sitting at 29 and we say, all right, here's the deal. You fail under 52 to 53 and you you show some weakness and you're sitting at 44 what do you do <laughs> what is what do we do at that in that scenario i think this is a great way to kind of address that type of scenario is do we do we exit all markets under that like prior prior market knowledge prior market sentiment what do you what do you do in this type of scenario you make a lower high yada yada I think if you do what that, what would you do? I think if I, mean, I you, if you, but I, you corrected me at the beginning when I said, yeah, this doesn't look great. And you were like, well, it's at the mean. And yeah, it is. it's still at the cloud. It's still at the mean. We're just rubber banding back and forth. It's like, I'm not worried about it, honestly. And that's because into, I have it on my chart, the top side of the meme. So like basically 42, five, 43 is kind of my center line. Um, well, the 200 day moving average is at 45, but like this kind of, here here you know the where we made those uh those moves i feel like we kind of flipped it and now we're just using using in my mind the the greater mean as like a support rather than resistance so that made it a lot more confusing in this market as we were kind of grinding up right here to where i felt like the natural the 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 direction of um less resistance is upwards rather than downwards because it seemed down here, we are, there were people that wanted to buy the dip. So therefore, I kind of assume there will be people here, et cetera, that want to also buy the dip that, you know, are coping because they didn't buy that one. 
And it makes me think the, the direction that's easiest to flow to is upward, but it's, I could change my mind. Um, and like we said last week, sub 38 to 40 is where that really changes my mind. And what's that another 12%, something like that. Mm-hmm. So if my exposure is primarily to majors, I have liquidity, I have flexibility, then I'm willing to take a 12% drawdown um, when the upside is quite severe, I guess. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. I mean, it's the same thing for me on the bear side of things, right? Where it's like, I've been, I, I'm more than happy to take like 10, 20% to the upside, like miss out on 10 to 20% because the downside below 40K is huge. Yeah. So it's like, it's the same, same kind of trade. It's like, um, I'm <laughs> we're in just hoping from... we can actually capture, capture once we're wrong. <laughs> yep. Uh, and I mean, that's not, that's easier said than done, right? But it's basically, um, I am betting on like, further downside from here and let's just basically betting on further upside from here and then it's like i mean both seem fine to me like that's the thing right if you if you want to play continuation um sometimes you just have to pick pick a side and i think in this case there's like two good setups or where like at resistance i think the setup is much much better than now like down at support if you're on the bear side of things um but yeah, I mean, you can play both sides in a range. Like whenever you have a range and then you trade in that range and you're like, okay, I think this is going to break down then you just short the resistance and hope that it's going to break down. But you could also just sit here and you're like, I think this range is going to break to the upside and then just buy that and hope it's going to break to the upside. And both setups are really good. It's just, I mean, one of them is going to be wrong. And I mean, if it's just like a tiny haircut that you take for like the chance of getting the continuation that you've been looking for, I mean, it doesn't sound too bad to me. Yeah. Chimp in the chat says this also provides a funding reset. Um, I think that's what he was talking about. It says beautiful deleveraging. He might mean forced deleveraging. I don't know, but I, uh, I, I think that's true, but I don't think that's cause. I think it's effect. Um, because the legacy markets are clearly the driver here. Maybe the legacy markets are what need deleveraging in the first place. So, um, but I do think it, 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 we end up getting it, um, in crypto. So it'll provide, it'll provide flexibility once we do bottom for people not to, you know, to be able to get leverage for cheap basically. Um, but I don't know that I'm going to use that as my driver. I feel like that happens when there's nothing going on in legacy markets and, Bitcoin nukes like 20% in a day. That's purely, <laughs> just purely crypto derivatives got too, um, too crazy. I don't think this is really that type of scenario. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, funding like Bybit's been bearish, basically like Bybit shorted the top this time around mm. quite heavily. Mm. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're not always uh, wrong, apparently, because I mean, they, <laughs> they nailed this one. And I saw a bunch of people on Twitter, like saying, it, like, it's gonna go up because of that. And I think that's actually like, and this is gonna be like, this is a discussion that like, I've had a couple times, I think that's actually like a decent point to make, even though it was right, it, it uh, wrong in the end, because like, it's been working like that kind of like counter trading Bybit's been working like 80% of the time. So even though like the people that said, yeah, Bybit's uh, short, so this is gonna go up, like, even though they're gonna get shit for that, I think it's actually like a fine thing to say if it just works out most of the time, it's just one time, like in this instance, 
Um, it didn't, and then they get fucked over. But I mean, that's the price that you pay if you kind of play the odds. And I think the odds were basically in favor. It's just like the fundamental side of things with with the traditional markets doing what they did, just kind of played a bigger role. Yeah. Do y'all find it interesting that the uh, Dixie is basically giving up the move that it made? I mean, it looks pretty weak, all things considered. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, it's looked bullish for weeks, and we've talked about this on our pod Fridays, but yeah, I mean, it's, we're, look, we're above the 20 with weekly SMA on BTC. Bands are actually tightening still on BTC um, on the weekly. So, <laughs> you know, we're basically all saying up or down at this point, which is fine. It's, I'm saying down. I'm saying down. I mean, you might be saying, you might be thinking you're saying one thing, but I'm hearing up or down from everybody. <laughs> so it's whatever. Um, I'm yeah. the same way. Uh, I'm positioned for a bullish Q4 and it's just how it's going to be <laughs> until it's not. Uh, ETH BTC, actually, I wanted to just talk about uh, real quick because a lot of these... Can you share it? Yeah, I'm trying to find where Zoom disappeared Sorry, to. I, I, I got really intrigued though by the... Uh... The 20, yeah, the early 2020 fractal is looking really interesting still. Anyway, um, I've got it. On, even, on BTC? Yeah, on BTC. Yeah, when I was looking at the 20, I was looking at this too, because we usually don't shop around on the 20 weekly SMA. We usually are just cruising above or below, except yeah. for this yeah where, where we went from bottom to top to bottom so like the alt i guess that's the ultimate bear scenario is 29 like we lose the 20 on the um no they'd it'd walk weekly. down that it'd walk down that bollinger it'd be like 24 that's your 24 to 240k that would be glorious in like a <laughs> we're all poor type of way. <laughs> well, to see this tightening when we're actually falling and this is like curling down isn't doesn't make me feel good, but we still are above the 20 SMA. Yeah, most so. automated strategies are going to look for like price above plus the, the trend of the 20 is like is week over week positive. So if it's sloping down, it kind of neutralizes the, the force of being above it. But for me, I see this into q4 i'm like yes let's go we're we're resetting the momentum the momentum was crazy in 2020 into 2021 we were all over the place now we're just rubber banding back to the mean and we're resetting all that if we can tighten the weekly bands like look what happened in 2018 uh we get this explosive move uh if we can go sideways for a month that'd be huge i think for um what we could see in in q4 um, ETH BTC though, first I'll say we've never outperformed BTC in Q4. ETH hasn't. Um, and this cup and handle is gross looking, but if it is legit, uh, anything above 08 and this thing could go to 01 or 0.1. I think a lot of ETH people are like ready for that anyway, but the charts are saying, yeah, this is possible. And I was just looking at, uh, FTT briefly, even AVAX, but a lot of these have like some type of potential head and shoulders. There's not head and shoulders, a cup and handle thing where it's like, yeah, like 
is this going to fit some textbook definition of a cup and handle? No, but you know, if, if it holds 50% retracements, then it'll be fine in the Q4, I think. Thank you. AVAX is another AVAX. one. Uh, I mean, you can just go through all these charts and they all look we have a little bit basically breaking, the same. A little bit of breaking news, Luke. I don't know if you've seen this. What's that? Peter Schiff tweeted about Bitcoin two minutes ago. Let's go. That's what I was saying. Pull up the one minute chart for what Bitcoin. It, what it Let's called. go. I knew he'd be waking up soon. Yeah, it's, yeah, not, like it's, it's so it's predictable. Not, man. It's not really a doomer thing. It's more of a anti fun strat thing, but I'm taking it as a win for Luke. That's for sure. Oh, you just wait. You give him about one hour. He's going to have his coffee. He's going to open up the trading view. I don't even know if he uses trading view, actually. He uses some boomer chart that <laughs> Brett used, but uh, he's going to pull it up. He's going to look at Bitcoin, say it's all over. Yeah, give him another uh, couple hours. I like After it. breakfast. Give him some breakfast. <laughs> Take his, uh, his Metamucil and oat bran, and he'll be ready to go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh man, Josh, is anything is anything bullish out there other than stable coins? I mean, I'm bullish, but for different reasons. I'm bullish because we're resetting the euphoria that we had off the bottom. So yeah. you mentioned uh, ETH BTC. Is there something that you wanted to say specifically about that one? No, I was just talking about the cup and handle situation. Yeah, I still refuse to look at this and think it's bearish. Like I, that's not bearish in my mind. Somebody in the chat it said look it looked terrible, and I'm like, mm. even on the weekly, good. there's a there's a cup and handle fractal. Like, it's not not there, you know. Yeah, you could disagree all you want, uh, anybody, but <laughs> it looks pretty good. Imagine if that plays out. I mean, I, th I think the I mentioned this in in the space that uh, Don and Cred were having this morning, but I think with ETH, the, the charts that you guys just showed, also with AVAX. Uh, full disclosure, I'm still ridiculously long AVAX. Um, I think, you know, the most exciting trades right now and that have been the most exciting trades for the past month, like if the market rebounds, I don't think that's going to change. Like, I don't think we need some full on bull for those trades to keep doing well. Like we haven't been in a full crazy bull market really. Like there's only been one sector of coins that have been going up outside of JPEGs and it's been the layer one trade. And I think if, if the market at least stops just dumping 10 to 20% a day, I think that trade resumes. Like, I don't think it's that crazy to, to think that ETH, AVAX, Solana, right, the best performers keep doing well. Like, um, yes, they're going to get hurt like right now. Uh, but if Bitcoin at least stops, even if it goes to 40K or 30, you know, high 30Ks and chops around, like, I actually expect those trades, the Solana, AVAX, and maybe even ETH trades to still do quite well. Um, it's kind of the, the one bullet thing I'm looking at. Maybe I'm like just coping and, and, too optimistic there, but I mean, I don't know. Like, I think that's deserted just island such a rotation trade. Yeah, deserted island. The the AVAX USD thing today looks like a perfect like washout, but also retest of all time high breakout. Now, it, yeah. it's at a point of it needs to make a decision, but I agree with you. If there's any con any consolidation or continuation in Bitcoin, this looks like it would freaking fly. I could just be coping. I mean, it was in July, 2021, it was $9 and now it's 60. So, but it, no, I think, go ahead. It looks pretty good. I mean, that's the thing, right? I mean, all, I think all of the altcoins are going to fly. If Bitcoin, if Bitcoin reverses on this, uh, I think you're going to see like 
all of the stuff that was bullish before be even more bullish after. It's just a question of is Bitcoin going to recover from this? So totally agree. Like if Bitcoin goes sideways from here, I think this is going to go really, really aggressively. All right, let's uh, skip to what are we going to be watching this week outside of maybe, well, you can talk about price action, but also if there's any like fundamental or news narratives, like what would resolve your feelings about something in particular? Luke, you want to go? I guess. What's what's the stipulation here that I have to? That we I mean, you can talk on? about you can talk about price action, like in terms of what's going to trigger you to think one way or the other. Uh, but also, if there's like any kind of news or fundamentals or anything that you're looking for. Okay, uh, I think the biggest thing I'm going to echo. We already talked about it, but obviously the Evergrande stuff. If the market wakes up and realizes that this isn't as big of a deal, that uh, you know it's such a hot topic right now. And I do think this will take longer than a week. So this might be a bit of a cop-out answer. Like, let's say stocks actually do kind of stop the free fall and we realize 300 isn't that much and the damage is somewhat contained. Uh, I think if stocks stop their free fall, I think Bitcoin catches a serious bid. I think what I'm actually watching for that's actionable in the market is what I just said with, with that trade. It's like, I don't think we need Bitcoin and the rest of the market to be doing very well at all for Avalanche and Solana and some of these things to still be good trades to the upside. Um, those trades haven't been like the market's bullish and these are even more bullish. That trade has been a rotation of capital of, you know, the market can be doing nothing and those things can be going up. So I think if the market can just default back to doing nothing, like Bitcoin sits at 40K, even if we drop another 5, 10% this week, I still think AVAX and those those things are a good trade simply because that's where capital is rotating anyways. And I don't think that rotation stops. Um, so that's kind of what I'm watching. It's not a change in my strategy, but I guess uh, hopefully to calm some nerves out there. I don't think all, all the super attractive trades are over. I kind of uh, like what Josh was saying. I also expect still a, a bullish quarter four. So not, not as worried about the Evergrande stuff. Obviously, it's not as fun today. Uh, I don't have any inside knowledge. So I'm kind of sitting here and Hoping that I'm right with that, but I don't think it's that big of a deal for crypto. Don, what about you? Um, I'm just, honestly, I'm just going to be looking at Bitcoin. And I mean, I hate to say this so often, but like for me, um, if Bitcoin breaks 40K this week, I think that's going to be like the sign for people to exit. And then you're going to see a quick sell off. Um, if Bitcoin, like Luke says, shakes off this this kind of negative um, correlation with with the S and P or like the traditional markets in general, I think it's gonna moon. So, like, if I see Bitcoin hold this like hold the support, even though like the S and P is mega dumping, um, and then see the S and P bounce back, I'm gonna be buying the same stuff basically that you guys will be buying, which. I mean, AVEX has been really strong. Solana, I'm not so sure about because, I mean, just had that, like, had the blockchain basically stalled. <laughs> I'm not really, not really into buying that straight after the news. Basically, I think there's still a bunch of people kind of looking to get out of that just based on, like, crushed expectations. But I could be wrong on that front. Um, but AVEX looks pretty good. There's a bunch of, like, even Tezos, which I think, I mean, looks really shit right now, but I mean, there's a setup on the Bitcoin pair there, basically sitting on top of the range. Um, so if I see 
any of this kind of slow down significantly and then Bitcoin show exceptionally strength, I'm going to be buying some altcoins as well, like the stronger ones. Um, but I'm kind of in the camp where I think this is probably going to resolve to the downside unless like anything significant changes. Like I think this is probably going to break down and then I don't want to be holding altcoins. Um, more than happy to have hedged um, Bitcoin um, a little bit higher up. I didn't get the top tick or anything. Um, not even close, but pretty happy with that regardless. And I'm going to be looking for like, maybe we get like a big bounce off the 40Ks. Um, but yeah, right now I'm in the camp of downside. Yeah. So yeah, no bullish trades there. We uh, are selling off on Doge, which is amazing to me. I'd love to see that dump because it's shouldn't be where it is still, uh, which is, it's a good thing. We need, we need the leverage and nonsense to get washed away, right? We need to burn down to the ashes to rise again <laughs> in Q4. So, so that's good. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think I have anything new to say. It's September, it's nothing. It's garbage. Let it chop around. I'm not as bullish as Ledger. I'm not as bearish as Don in the near term. Uh, I'm just like, you know, it's all just whatever to me, baby. Gravy. Gravy train's coming in uh, Q4. If I'm right, if this, then that. A rotation to Bitcoin in Q4 would be really interesting to me. Like you get, what if, what if you do get that kind of avalanche leg, uh, Solana improvement, whatever, altcoins that you're just talking about for a bit and people pile into those real heavy, but then in fact it's Bitcoin and maybe Ethereum that move hard instead. Um throughout Q4 and then everything else goes nuts in January or late December or something like that. That would be very 2017 reminiscent. Um, and I'd be fascinated in that. This has been my, go ahead. What were you gonna say? I was just gonna say, there's been a lot of back and forth about Bitcoin dominance. I know Jax talks, talks about it on his stream a lot, but uh, I'm not a giant fan of it in general. And it would be interesting if we uh, pull up above that 200 day moving average on Bitcoin dominance, generally, if below that on dominance then it's altcoin season which it yeah. definitely has been create um, a, a w bottom on dominance would be interesting yeah so he he's been talking about that other people have been looking at that i think dominance is an actionable trade idea even if it's a flawed metric <laughs> is that allowed that's, am i allowed to that's that? no that's fair that's fair I don't, I don't like hate looking at it i just i'm not going to base an entire trading decision on it you know but it's been it's played out like as expected because as long as this thing's been in the red, like, yeah, the alts have been a better play. They just have, and that they may be ending soon. Yeah. Chat's telling me that the S and P's making new lows right now, uh, while we finish the show, but I just wanted to point again at this chart. I put the up and down, but I I've basically not done anything new, uh, to this chart in quite some time. Um, other than when I just drew this box, but I've talked about that kind of 38 to 40 level. Um, with this 44, 45 level being cleaner. Like it's just kind of what we use to support, we broke down from what we use to support. So now if we break down from it, you know what I mean? Like it's just, um, and, and when I look at this, I don't see any chart pattern that I'm just obsessed with. If anything, maybe it's a failed head and shoulders type of thing from back here. Um, it just looks like consolidation and chop to me. Um, I definitely do not think a yearly open level would hold again after all this. So if we do go down, 
I, I like the t- one trade that I think you could make is you get to a certain breaking point and you don't stop where you stopped before again. You know, um, the question is, where is that breaking point? I think for me now I, this could change. I think for me that breaking point is probably similar to what you mentioned Don, around like sub 40 K market also loves round numbers. So sure. If you get sub 40 K, maybe you go all the way to 24 or something like that. Um, 24 to 240 would be a fun 10 X if you could capture that. Um, I just don't think that's the most likely scenario personally. I think the most likely scenario is that we find, uh, find bidders in here. Uh, we round it out and then we go test the top a little harder. This was not an overall impressive test of the, of the prior top for, for me. Um, and I, I think this market cycle has longer to go. still think there's a, ton of money out there and it's a different type of money than what we saw last time last cycle and i think um i think there's there's room still so that's my my narrative if we're down another 15 percent next week i'll be uh i'll be coping and uh i'll need the chat to hold me accountable to being cash or whatever i'm supposed to be in in that scenario y'all want to leave us with anything else go ahead josh yeah one last quick thing i'll just say if we break this a vpbr that we've been basing. I know some people like aren't satisfied that this is a top. Some people aren't satisfied that this is enough to be a bottom uh, for a leg up again. Uh, but I will say if we break this, this volume stuff that we've established from 30 to 40, uh, you know, that's like failed experiment status at that point for me. That's, that's super scary. <laughs> that's, that's full bear market, not like mini bear market. Well, yeah, that's multi, that's probably multi-year bear yeah, market. Yeah. I know Don's talking about 20, he has for a while, but uh, whoa, whoa, that's whoa. that's why I get scared. <laughs> how many years? Multi year. How many years? I don't know how many, but let's slow. Let's slow down. You guys said it's a weekly show. Let's slow down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Market talk. This is a weekly show. Yeah, I just that's, that's all I got. I but. just don't think. I just don't think it's likely. I don't see it. Yeah, I could see it, but <laughs> way too early to tell. I think it makes no sense to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Thank you all for joining us. That's weekly open. Go to weekly open, uh, dot com slash FTX. You can trade on FTX today. You can swap directly from one asset to the other. We appreciate you track your portfolio on the FTX app, trade with zero fees. You can, uh, watch your favorite FTX sponsored sport while tracking your portfolio on FTX. And, um, yeah, you can do it all with FTX, I guess. Weeklyopen.com slash FTX. Thanks to them for being our partner. Thanks for being here with us. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>